to Luke chapter 2. I want to give you just a couple of things here from the text on how we can make this Christmas more meaningful. Christmas comes, Christmas goes. Oftentimes we miss a lot of the things. We're so busy, we're so stressed. Uh, I found myself like that last night. You know, I, we had my brother-in-law, my twin brother-in-law over and... Um, the six foot two muscle guy in the back there looks just like me. And uh, people actually get us confused sometimes when we walk down the street. And um, not one amen. <laughs> We're going to come out with our new movie called Twins 2. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito together again. And... Um, but anyway, we're, we're, we're thankful to the Lord. Um, but, you know, last night we're eating donuts, we're relaxed, but I couldn't relax. I couldn't sit there and just relax and have a conversation. Why? Because today it was coming, you know, and so I had the pressure of, of, of that on me. And, and then after they left, I'm thinking, oh, man, they're only in town a few, a few days and they're going to leave. And, you know, they, they may come back. If we're lucky, they won't. But anyway, they, uh, um, you know, you know and, and, and we're only with them a short time. And you can't even relax. Maybe that's you. You know, Christmas is, is put a lot of stress on you, a lot of, lot of pressure on you. You just can't relax. In fact, you're going to be looking at your clock a lot as I preach and wondering when you're going to get done. I got potatoes in the oven. I got to eat. It's Christmas. And it's hard for us just to sit and let God work in our hearts. But let him do that today. Let's enjoy this passage together. Let's, let's look at this together. It's really encouraging. Um, I was reading uh, some ways that you can make Christmas more meaningful, written by the world. And, and this is pretty interesting. They get some things right here. It says, learn about your family culture heritage. I mean, everyone is different. Italians celebrate Christmas a lot different than Germans celebrate Christmas. We, it, it is different. Um, it, the Italians celebrate Christmas a lot different than what nationality are you, Katie? A lot of mix of a... She said, I'm going to my in-laws. They're not Italian. It's, it's going to be a different Christmas. When I went back when I was younger to Italian Christmas, it was, it was, it was just so dear. It was the lasagna and the pasta and the, and the meat sauce and the, and the pound cake. You ever, how many of you like pound cake? I mean, the pound cake. And my grandmother would say, you're such a glutton. You eat too much. Here's another piece of pound cake. Anyway, uh, <laughs> come on, eat, eat, eat. She would tell me, eat. I mean, I can't eat anymore. Eat, eat. It's different. My in-laws are relaxed. They're laid back. The food is out. Eat if you want. If you don't starve, they can care less. <laughs> but learn about the culture. Learn about the different things. Create family traditions. We watch the Muppet Christmas. Anybody do that? It's a good uh, little thing. Makes you cry. Am I the only one that cries at Muppets? <laughs> I mean, some of those songs get you. I'm not going to mention some of our family last night was crying during the month of Christmas. I mean, it happens. It gets you every time. Little tiny Tim and little... All right, let's go on. Talks about slowing down and letting go of expectations. You know, learn to slow down during Christmas. Let go of expectations. Um, here's another thing that they tell you to do here. Cultivate gratitude. Hey, the world's getting it right here. But watch this. Here's where they miss it. Uh, they talk about buying fewer gifts and volunteers of family and give to important causes. And then number 10, here's the kicker. Celebrate the Feast of St. Nicholas. 
And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> now they've missed everything. But yet they're telling you to volunteer. A lot of things that we should do. Volunteer, give to a good cause, slow down, don't give so many gifts, do different kinds of gifts, travel, do different kinds of things. And yet, number 10, what do you need to do? Celebrate St. Nicholas. And they write here, St. Nicholas is a real person. And so it's good to celebrate this man that gave and this man that did these things. I'm going to give you three things, not 20. Right here in the text on how we can make Christmas more meaningful. Look here at Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Now, a lot of people assume that he was an older man. And uh, the text may give some indication of that, but it doesn't tell us that he was an older man. Tradition tells us that he was over 110 years old. He made Chalmer look like a puppy. I mean, this guy is older. and um, But we don't know how old he is. We just assume he's an older man, but he's just a layman. We don't even know the priest, nothing. He's just a simple man, Simeon. That's why I love this passage of scripture. He's a, he's a simple man, and notice what it says here. He was righteous and devout. I like that. He, he was a man that was able to have dealings with other people and he had right dealings with them. He didn't take advantage of other people. He, he was a righteous man. That was a, that was a big thing to say about someone in the Bible. And he was a devout man, it says here in verse 25, which means he was cautious to perform his spiritual duties. He was God-fearing. So, so Simeon's a, a, a right man. He, he's right before the people. He treats the people right. And he's a devout man. He's a God-fearer. He's cautious about performing his spiritual duties. He's a spiritually sensitive person. And what is he doing? Here's the first thing we need to do to make Christmas more meaningful. We need to look at the things that bring us real comfort. Watch this. He is looking for the what? Consolation of Israel. That's an Old Testament term to define who the Messiah is. The Messiah is a comforter. We find comfort in Jesus Christ and in him alone. But unfortunately, we look to other things to find comfort. There's those comfort foods, amen? We like those. The comfort cookies on Christmas. The comfort cake or whatever it may be. We go for different things to find comfort. We even go to different people to find comfort. But he is looking for comfort in one of the darkest ages in the Bible. Where God did not have prophets and, and scripture being written for 400 years. Where they're under King Herod. How many of you like to be under King Herod? Where they're under the Pharisees to guide them who were blind, leading the blind. And yet, he's looking for what? In the midst of all this, he is looking for comfort in the right place, Jesus Christ. Don't miss this. Because I fear a lot of us are looking for comfort, and I want to say this carefully, in the government. We're hoping one day the government will change and things will change and we'll have more comfort and it'll be easier to live here in America. 
And we look for comfort in different things and laws and different this. But we need to look for comfort in one person and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is waiting. He is anxiously waiting. He is looking for that comfort, that consolation of Israel. The comforter is going to come. Now here's what makes him an amazing man. He, he is righteous. He's devout. He's looking for comfort in Israel. And look at the second thing. He is controlled and led by the Spirit of God. Notice three times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in verses 25 to 27. This is amazing. It says this, and it says he was righteous and devout, verse 25, and, the con and looking for the consolation of Israel. And notice this next thing. And the Holy Spirit was where? Upon him. You say, so what's so big about that? Well, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't come and permanently indwell people. But here the Holy Spirit is upon him in a special way, guiding him. Notice this in verse 26. It says here, and it had been revealed to him by who? The Holy Spirit. This is amazing. Verse 26. That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Notice how the Holy Spirit's working in his life. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit let him know you're not going to die before the Lord's Christ comes. Wow, he's leaning on the promises of God. And the Holy Spirit's leading the promises of God. And watch what the Holy Spirit does here. Look at the next verse. And it says here, and he came in the spirit. This is amazing. He came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry him out for the custom of the law, he just happens to be at the temple at the right time, meeting the right people. Who was that that did that? The Holy Spirit. Think about that for a moment. He is living controlled by the Holy Spirit. I was reading a little bit about what Grudem talks about with the Holy Spirit. And he, he mentions these things. The Holy Spirit purifies us, takes us from living in sin to not living in sin. The Holy Spirit unifies us. We, it, he deepens our relationship with one another. The Holy Spirit leads us and reveals things to us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us. He is a man who is righteous and devout, being led by the Spirit, and he meets Jesus. Wow. We want to make this Christmas more meaningful. We need to live controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. We got to allow the Holy Spirit to take over and guide us and lead us in ways that only he can. And he meets the baby Jesus. Now watch what happens here. This is beautiful. He came in the spirit into the temple, verse 27. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus... To carry out for him the custom of the law. They had to dedicate Jesus. They had to do different things for the dedication. Part of it was paying some money. Part of it was offering sacrifices. It, 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 there was a lot of things there. Watch what he does in verse 28. Here's a song by Simeon. What a beautiful song. And in this song, you're going to see two things. And I want to I wanna just encourage you to believe this and live this this Christmas season. In, these, in this song, he's going to talk about what Jesus means to him. And in this song, he's going to talk about what Jesus means to the world. Watch this. This is beautiful. This is the first baby dedication in the Bible. Isn't this great? And he took him into his arms. And the first thing he does is what? He blessed God. Wow. Can you imagine this man? How old? I don't know. Let's humor him. He's 111. 
He's fragile. You're going to give your baby to a 111-year-old? <laughs> you barely hold him. <laughs> Takes the baby Jesus into his arms. And the first thing out of his mouth is praise to his God. He's holding them there and he's praising God. And, and before he mentions anything about what God does for the people, he mentions what God does for himself. Watch this. It says here that he took, he took him into his arms and he blessed God. And he said this, now Lord, stop there. Now sovereign God, now the sovereign one of the universe. Now my Lord, he's talking about here. Look what he says. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. Oh, I love that phrase. He doesn't say you're allowing me to die. He say you are releasing me. Now, listen to what that word means. This is very interesting. Um, the word release means to release a prisoner. To untie a ship to set sail. To, to, to take down a tent. To release a burden on somebody. And so how does he see death? He sees death as a release of a burden and blessings to another life. Now don't miss this. A lot of people look at death as a tragic thing. And death is a bad thing. And death should not. But death is a release from this earth's task to a blessing in another life. He says, you are releasing your servant. You are allowing me to depart. And watch this. You are allowing me to depart how? In peace. Now... There's certain people that you look at. I've been to funerals and they see the body in the, in, 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 in the casket and they say, oh, he looks like he's in peace. That's not the peace he's talking about here. You see, the reason why he has peace is right here in the text. He says, here's why you're allowing me to be depart in peace and death isn't a bad thing. And really, it's a release from our earthly task. To, uh, to be with the Lord. But watch this, what he says here. You, you, you let me depart in peace according to your word. But here's why, verse 30, here it is. For my eyes have seen what? Your salvation. Yes. The only way we can die in peace is if we've been saved. Amen. And he says this. My eyes, don't miss this, have seen what? Your salvation. And he's looking at the baby Jesus. And here's what he's saying. There's only salvation in one person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? My eyes have seen it. My eyes have seen. Now I can depart. And you fulfilled your word. Now I can go. You said it wouldn't, I wouldn't die without seeing him. I saw him. I can go. I remember when my dad came down to my graduation in college. And none of the extremists graduated from college. I was the first one. And uh, he came down and he looked at me and he said, Son, now I can die in peace. I've seen my son graduate. Dad, we can't die in peace until we've seen Jesus. That's right. Salvation. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, now look at this. He's talking about what, what Christ is to him and how he, he can now die in peace. But now he talks about what Christ is to the world. Verse 31. You have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Jesus is for everyone. This is an amazing text. 
What is he in verse 32? He's a light to the Gentiles, those who live in darkness, those who don't understand, those who are trapped by their own desires. He's a light to them. And guess what he also is? He's a glory to Israel. Guess what that means? He comes from the people of Israel. And that's an amazing honor. I wish, he say, I wish I could say he came from the Italians. He hasn't. He came from the Jewish people. And that's a wonderful honor. He's a light to them. He's a glory to Israel. And watch this. Look at the parents when they hear these words. Verse 33. His father and his mother are what? Amazed. Their mouths are open like, ah! Mary, did you know? You know why they're amazed? I'll tell you, I, I hear some amazing things about my kids. And it never, it never gets old. And it, it amazes me what God has done because I cannot take credit for it. Katie can't take credit for it. It's all by the grace of God. But when somebody talks about your kids and says amazing things, you just sit there and you're like, wow, oh, wow, look what God has done. And that's what they're doing. They're hearing this and they're like, this is incredible. You're telling me that this is the one. I mean, he's the salvation. You're telling me that he's a light to the Gentiles and unbelievable. But Simeon doesn't stop there. He's going to bring a serious Christmas lesson to all of us in these next couple of verses that we need not to miss. You see, it's wonderful to be with family during Christmas, but not everyone has a family who loves God. Not everyone has a family who, who, who wants to serve Jesus. I remember when I got, I got saved, my mother wrote me a long letter. She said, I don't know how I raised somebody so smart who turned out to be so dumb. And my father actually ripped my Bible. Not everyone has a great family and Christmas and everything when they mention Jesus. And you know what? Not everyone should because Jesus reveals what our hearts really believe. Watch this. He's a sword. We're going to see here later. He's a sign and he's a stone. But we'll start in, in three things here. What is Jesus? Notice what he says here in verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many where? In Israel. He's the great divide. He is the one that is going to reveal hearts as we're going to see here in a moment. There are going to be some people talking about a stone where some people with a stone or trip over a stone. Some people will trust in the chief stone. And when they trust in the chief cornerstone, they won't be disappointed. He says this, Jesus Christ is, is, has come and he is going to be to the rise and to the fall of many. Those who believe in him will rise again. That's the word for resurrection. Those who don't will trip and fall and end up in a hell. Wow. Think about that. Merry Christmas. Amen. He said, this, this little baby Jesus is going to be the rise of fall many. He's going to divide them. In fact, look what he says here. He's a sign to be what? Opposed. Not, not to be accepted, opposed. Think about the people who oppose Jesus right now. Think about the people right now who reject him, who can care less about him. Think about the guy who wrote on our Facebook that said, hey, should I come this Sunday with a Santa suit or not? Think he loves Jesus? 
Think about, think about all the people that are opposing Jesus right now who resist him, reject him. They ultimately crucified him. He's a sign to be opposed, right? But not only that, here's what's amazing here. Look at this. He's going to hurt you, Mary. Look at verse 35. He says, and a sword will even pierce your own soul to the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be what? You see, Mary, this beautiful child that amazes you and astonishes you one day will be crucified. This beautiful child that you love and that you're excited about, you will see people reject him and bring him to the cross and it will bring you emotional pain. You want to hurt a mother, hurt her son. You don't mess with a mother's son. And he says, you're going to feel it, but guess what it's going to do? It's going to reveal the hearts of what? The people. I was amazed to hear that 40% of churches are closed down on Christmas. Now, I'm not saying that to gloat, that we're only only one of few. 40%. But yet, they'll have a service where God says it's okay to have services on other days, but the Lord's Day is the day you have a service. It's a, they'll, 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 they'll obey that, but they won't obey what God has commanded clearly in the Scripture. That we meet on the first day of the week. I'm amazed how the name Jesus really changes people's outlook on life. Mm -hmm. In fact, one Lutheran minister, female minister, said, We cannot talk about Jesus on the cross. That's too. I, 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 she, didn't like the, she didn't like how it looked. We can't do that. It just makes people feel bad. So here's what we're going to do we're just going to talk about Jesus in the manger. Actually, came out and said that. Let me tell you, hearts are revealed when we share Jesus Christ with people. And you know what? They're watching us. And if all they see us doing on Christmas is buying gifts, going nuts, eating food, and not remembering the real reason for the season, how different are we than they? So what do we need to do? We need to look from where the real comfort comes from. We need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand what Jesus means to us and to the world. He is the Savior. And He is the revealer of hearts. And even though we don't think it, people are watching us. Becca, last night, before they left really late, and I was worried about the sermon today, she mentioned how her mother, when she first got saved, said to her, you know, yeah, probably, you know, she got saved just to be the good Christian wife and be with her husband, you know, and not do all that. But she watched Becca for years and later on said, you know what, Becca, you are truly living out that Christian life. Mm -hmm. They're watching us. And so we need to be that light. But how can we be if we're looking for comfort in all the wrong things? How can we be if we're not being led and filled by the Holy Spirit? And how can we be if we truly don't understand who Jesus really is to us and to the world? Simeon got it right. He knew it. And he looked at Mary and said, your heart, you're going to be pierced. And he's going to reveal the hearts of many. How's your heart? Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you so much 
for this wonderful passage of Scripture. And Simeon got it right, Lord. He was a man that was righteous and devout, very cautious about spiritual things. He was a man led and filled by your Spirit. He was a man who understood who Jesus is. We don't have to fear death. We, we need to live our lives while we have time here on earth to do the things that you have called us to do. And then when you feel fit, fit and want to release us from this world, we'll be in your presence forever. Amen. Lord, help us to realize what Jesus means to us and to the world. He's a stone. People, some stumble. Some trust. He's a sign that people oppose and reject. And he's a sword that pierced the very heart and spirit of his own mother. Lord, thank you so much for this scripture. Help us to live out these truths and help us to make this Christmas more meaningful than ever before. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.